Within the last 24 hours, there were two sets of hydrogen-related headlines that popped up in the news. The first set popped up here in Appalachia when yesterday, EQT, the largest producer of natural gas, along with six other companies, said that they were forming an alliance to promote and to produce hydrogen and hydrogen utilization and production, as well as carbon capture and utilization and storage. And then this morning, headlines popped up on the other side of the world in Beijing related to hydrogen and the kickoff of the Winter Olympics. And those Olympics, in many ways, are fueled by hydrogen. They had hydrogen Olympic torches that were being run around. There's a hydrogen-powered cauldron. There's hydrogen-powered buses that are shuttling all the Olympic athletes around. And a lot of the electricity that's being used, again, is powered by hydrogen. And so today on the Energy Detox, we're going to take those two sets of hydrogen-related headlines, and we're going to fuse them together to help you, as we always do, become a more sustainable and effective leader, and more importantly, help promote and develop your future leaders in a way that you might be not aware of, and to take advantage of opportunities that many leaders fail to see and, and leverage because of a, an irrational fear, if you will, between things that are safe and easy when it comes to leadership development and things that might be seen as off-limits. But before we dive into that leadership uh, lesson, if you will, and that leadership conversation, we're going to take a step back and talk about some of the, uh, the high-level fun parallels between the Appalachian headlines and the Beijing headlines. And those parallels, or at least the, the most significant and visual of parallels, surrounds colors. Because you can't talk about the Olympics, of course, and not talk about the, the Olympic rings, right? I mean, that is the, the symbol of the Olympics this year, despite this year's uh, Olympics maybe being sullied by other symbols like the uh, genocide of the Uyghurs in China and other uh, less savory type things. But the reality is that by and large, most people look at all of the colors and the rings interjoined representing all of these countries coming together and the colors of all of these different flags coming together in this big uh, kumbaya experience over the next 17 days to, to come together in the, in the spirit of competition and, you know, uh, compete on behalf of your country and try to win some medals and have some fun, right? Whereas Again, in the world of hydrogen, we also have a big focus on colors. In fact, you can't talk about hydrogen and not talk about the color of that particular hydrogen. And while today I could probably spend 20 minutes talking about the intimate details around the different colors of hydrogen and the, the science behind it and the technology, I'm just going to take maybe one or two minutes to at least use the Olympic rings here. Or if you happen to be uh, watching this on video, you'll see that I have crudely drawn some Olympic rings here of various colors. And we're going to use those Olympic rings to talk very quickly about the different colors of hydrogen, whether or not you are already uh, somewhat familiar with those different colors. And starting on the top left, you've got blue hydrogen. And blue hydrogen is produced using methane, natural gas. And the big thing that makes it blue is the fact that the carbon dioxide, the carbon that is produced during that process, is captured, is stored, is dealt with in some way. And then in the middle here, this is normally the black ring, but we're going to pretend it's a gray ring because gray hydrogen is, I believe, the most common hydrogen right now. And that too is formed from natural gas, but the carbon that is produced during that process is not captured. It's released. It goes off uh, into the atmosphere or wherever. And again, that is uh, designated as gray hydrogen. On the top right, we have pink or red hydrogen, and that is hydrogen that uses nuclear energy to, to produce the hydrogen. And then on the bottom right, you have the fan favorite, the green hydrogen, the sexiest of all hydrogens, even if it's not uh, the most economic right now, and it's uh, not the most uh, plentiful of all of the hydrogen. But green hydrogen, as the, the color indicates, is produced using green energy. It's using uh, ideally excess 
green energy to turn water into hydrogen and not have any carbon byproducts. And again, that ignores the realities of all energy, even green energy, that carbon is involved at some point in the chain. So it's, of course, it's not carbon-free energy necessarily. But again, setting aside all the details here, that is green hydrogen. And then on the bottom left, this would typically be the yellow ring for the Olympics, but on a whiteboard, uh, yellow doesn't show up too well. So I uh, took it as an opportunity to put a bunch of other colors in here because there are a bunch of other hydrogen colors. In fact, there are far more than the five uh, rings here would represent. You have turquoise hydrogen, which is also formed using natural gas, but the byproduct is a solid form of carbon that could be used for other things and, and not a, a gaseous form of carbon. There's brown carbon, which uses coal. There's yellow carbon, which uses solar. And again, uh, new colors seem to be uh, coming into the hydrogen conversation uh, regularly. So again, that's your, your brief primer there on the different colors of hydrogen. But now let's come back to the Olympics, because again, what's going on with the Olympics and these rings coming together? Well, again, as we said before, it's this big kumbaya experience, right? Just as all the different colors of hydrogen come together and people can focus on how to use the hydrogen, uh, even if... Um, you know, the, the different methods of production are still being innovated and discussed and, uh, and calculated from an economic standpoint. And again, so too with the Olympics. There's a lot of complications that come with the Olympics every year. This year is no different, again, with uh, some of the, the hair that's on uh, the fact that China is hosting it and all of the issues that are surrounding China. But again, without going down that rabbit hole, the reality is that the Olympics typically are a time of coming together. Everybody coming together, much as all of the, the companies came together yesterday in Appalachia to, to form this, this group, this alliance with a common purpose. All the Olympic countries come together to, again, have a common purpose, to, to compete, to have some fun, to, to determine who the best of the best is in all of these various sports. And this idea of coming together and setting aside your differences, setting aside your genocidal tendencies, although again, I believe that the companies involved in Appalachia don't have any real genocidal tendencies, like maybe some of the ones involved in the Olympics, but setting that aside again, now we're going to dive into the, the leadership lesson here. Because the reality is that for many leaders in all industries, whether it's the energy industry or, or really, again, any sector that's out there, a lot of leaders spend too much time on the kumbaya stuff. The safe stuff, the stuff that, again, you're, you're going to see uh, on NBC and, you know, all the certainly if you're in China, you're going to see on all the propaganda networks and you're not going to deal with you're not going to see the, the underbelly of certain things. And again, with these Beijing Olympics, there is a, a pretty sizable underbelly setting aside again, the, the you know, the all the, the issues with the Uyghurs and the genocide and, and all of the other uh, atrocities that can be attributed to China. There's a whole lot of other stuff going on, right? This is one of the most locked down, controlled Olympics that are out there. And when you look at how people have to move around and have to have the apps and all of the control and the different bubbles and the different circles, if you will, that are actually separate and how people need to bounce from bubble to bubble and be screened. I mean, it's pretty, uh, pretty crazy. It's pretty intense, all under the guise, of course, of protecting people from COVID. But again, those aren't the things that are necessarily being discussed, but they matter, right? They're important. They should be discussed. And this brings us back to leaders, because in many cases, leaders are afraid of discussing some of the things that might be deemed harmful. And again, if you happen to be watching this, you'll see that I've got a, a ring here, a circle on the bottom right that is deemed harmful. Because for many leaders, there's certain things that they refuse to touch. But yet, in many cases, there's opportunities there, especially to have conversations with potential leaders, emerging leaders, aspiring leaders about this sort of harmful bucket. But instead, they spend a lot of time over here on the left side on what they deem to be helpful and safe, whether it's a safe 
public release or announcement or email from a leader, whether it's safe mentorship conversations or uh, safe em uh, employee performance appraisal conversations or whatever the case might be, maybe even open Slack channels that again are purportedly there to allow for uh, wide open uh, conversations, transparent conversations. The reality is that those things are many cases too safe. And the conversations you need to have lie here in the middle. And what I'm calling this H2 hub and not H2 again in terms of hydrogen, but in terms of these two competing H's, the things that are deemed to be helpful and safe and the things that are deemed to be harmful and off limits. Because the conversations that I have with many leaders very much deal with, you know, if not the right-hand side, certainly this, this middle ground that often isn't discussed. And this was echoed in a lunch and learn that I was a part of last week, where again, we talked about leaders who might have access to, to certain insights and to certain networks. And it's the leaders who take that access and, and take those insights and share it with others, share it with those who don't have access. Again, especially those who are uh, aspiring leaders or, or maybe outside the bubble. It's those, those leaders who are able to, to grant access to some things on this, this right side that people might not see that establish a culture that is far more sustainable and that establish future leaders that again, have a much better sense of what actually drives things, what's actually going on behind the scenes and not this high level kumbaya stuff that we see in joint press releases like we saw yesterday from the seven companies in Appalachia or like again, a lot of the coverage of the Olympics that will focus on again, all this this coming together, this this great uh, you know showcase of humanity and all of these wonderful things. We need to have these conversations. And again, that doesn't mean you need to have conversations about things that are top secret or that are confidential or that are truly off limits or that are non-public. But ask yourself today as a leader, are you taking the opportunity to share even generic insights, uh, anonymous insights of how individual leaders who have, have risen the ranks, how they process things, how they ask questions, how they deal with uncertainty? Are you taking those insights, not just of your own being, right, as a mentor, but are you taking the insights that exist here in this harmful off-limit territory, and are you bringing it to the middle here? Are you bringing it and, and bridging these two rings, which, again, in many cases are separate, much like a lot of the bubbles at the Olympics that, again, are meant to, to separate athletes from fans, from media, from others? Are you, you know... Bridging these two things together and forming a, what I'm calling a, an H2 leadership hub so that you actually have meaningful conversations and you're sharing things that actually matter. And I say this again, not just as a coach who has the privilege of having conversations that again, live very much in, in the middle here and, and certainly lean towards the right side, uh, avoiding confidential things and avoiding things that again, I'm not allowed to know. But I also speak as someone who benefited from this sort of middle ground right here, benefited from leaders who would, you know, figuratively bring me into these meetings and figuratively bring me into these conversations, even if I wasn't there and give me insights into, again, how people act, how people react and do it in, in a way that, again, doesn't divulge any individual necessarily, doesn't divulge anything that I wasn't supposed to know, but that individual leader asks himself or herself, hey, are there things that are missing? Are there things that, again, don't exist on this surface level, this supposedly helpful level? Are there things that are being missed that can be brought up in conversation? And again, there's a lot of gold here, but there's a lot of leaders who aren't taking the time to give people access. And then the other thing that can be done, again, especially if you happen to be in person or, or even if you're having virtual meetings, is to literally bring people into the conversation. Ask yourself as a leader, are you missing opportunities to, again, bring people from this high-level, surface-level, moderately helpful uh, realm over into this, you know, this, this other echelon, right? Can you invite people into meetings who might not normally be there? 
are there meetings that are being had that, you know, again, aren't going to touch on anything strategically or top secret that an individual, you know, can still hear, right? And you can take that to an extreme. I've been in meetings where there's six levels of management, right? I've got, you know, three levels above me and two levels below me. And, and again, there's only six or seven people in that meeting. And again, that, that doesn't necessarily speak to uh, an efficient use of time necessarily, but there are opportunities where you can bring people in. So ask yourself, are you missing those opportunities? Because there is no better way to help develop future leaders and to help sustain momentum for your company than asking yourself if you're spending too much time over here on this uh, helpful H side of the equation and not enough time bringing people over at appropriate times over into the right side. And then again, meeting in the middle and, and having a conversation that is going to provide a lot more fruit, a lot more benefit than this kumbaya conversation that drives, unfortunately, so many interactions within an organization. So with that being said, as always, I hope you ask yourself these questions. I hope you ask yourself whether, again, you're you're living in a world where these rings are are separated. You know, or if you're living in a world where, again, like China is is separating people apart, or if you're living in a world that is artificially brought together in some surface level manner that, again, doesn't actually move people along and generate future powerful, sustainable, confident leaders that you need to move your company and to move your industry forward. And so with all that being said, I thank you as always for tuning into the Energy Detox. Uh, if you so choose to watch the Olympics, I hope you enjoy watching and, and cheering on your favorite athletes and your, your favorite countries of which uh, I'm going to hope that America is, is one of. And if you're not watching the Olympics, then I hope you at least have a, a safe, enjoyable weekend. And that again, you uh, you take these lessons to heart and you take other opportunities to you know look for, for ways to bring other people into the fold, not just in uh, business world, but also in your personal life, whether it's your, your children, your friends, your spouse, are there conversations that you're not having because you're afraid of kind of blending these two rings together? And so with that, again, have a great weekend. Thanks again for tuning in and take care.